gentlemen, welcome into episode 77 of the Get Around Podcast. 700 more to go before you can start betting on us. Bad joke. That's all right. You got double sevens, though. That's That's got to be lucky. <laughs> double sevens. Al- almost as lucky as the dude who bet 85 grand on Tiger Woods to win the Masters at 14 to 1 odds. 1.21 million dollars. I actually, like, I actually thought crazy. he won more than that. But you know that's more than second place? That's more than Kepka made? Hey, some good good dough. Hey, I'm Tiger. I mean, I just give the... I mean, I, so I'm torn on this because the guy who bets $85,000 on Tiger almost obviously, without knowing him, has a ton of money oh, yeah. that he doesn't know what to do with. And on the other hand... I Or is a degenerate gambler. Right, or, or on the other hand, I want to give him a ton of credit for... Having, having the, the stones to wager $85,000 on one per... I mean, even if you were going to put that on whoever the favorite was going into the tournament, it feels like a stupid gamble. Well, it was a, it was a, but he did it. It was a bet that he did months ago, too. Oh, was it? I thought yeah. that was just recently, like in the week leading up to the tournament. I think. I think it was in... Either way, the odds or, or, Yeah, it was well before the tournament, I think. The odds weren't not good. Mu- not months ago, sorry. Do you know who doesn't have but, the money nor the stones to do that? You? Me, Jake had Any of us. James Cook, either. <laughs> I know you don't. No. 85 grand? No. You didn't no, introduce I, yourself today. I would. I haven't introduced anybody yet. Exactly. Which is, this conversation just took right off. I yeah, sparked I it with it. a bad joke. But, uh, yeah, I'm... God, I wish I had that money, both winning from winning the Masters or betting on the Masters. But I'll tell you, the thrill I had watching Tiger oh, yesterday yeah. was worth well, it. We'll get into that. You've heard all of our voices already. I'm your host, Brett Summers. Alongside me, as usual, James Cook, Jake Atnip. Thanks for tuning in to episode 77 of the Get Around. And, yeah, I mean, the excitement over Tiger Woods winning the Masters on Sunday has already overtaken this introduction. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't speak a lot about national news. Professional sports. I mean, even when it comes to, you know, say, Michigan, Michigan State, Pistons, we'll Lions, touch on whatever. It. Sure, we'll touch on it, but we don't. We don't. T- but I, I felt like we have to talk about Tiger today because why wouldn't I, you? Man, yeah. the whole weekend was good. Like you could see it, but the the atmosphere at Augusta yesterday was literally just like I every single per. I think I'm not saying every single person who was there wanted Tiger to win, but it sure as heck seemed like it. I mean. You heard Dustin Johnson after he the first thing they they get interviewed in the clubhouse they come off. So how was your round? Well, it was really kind of hard to focus when all you heard was people roaring over Tiger shots like completely like Dustin John Dustin Johnson the number one golfer in the world was literally like I could tell the difference between when somebody was cheering for me and somebody was cheering from Tiger when he was on the three holes over, <laughs> you know, like. You could just feel it. Once 12 turned and Molinari and Finau both went double bogey and Tiger got it on the green, he took that two-shot lead. Man, I like I could just not imagine the absolute confidence building in that guy as he's walking hole to hole. And, dude, everybody crumbled. Like, they all had a shot to make something happen. And it almost seemed like they just all were not doing it so Tiger could win it. But that's I feel like the pressure was that bad. Just, like, for the first time in 10 years, Tiger was ready to pounce on everybody, was literally on their heels, and they could feel every inch. I don't think Kepka misses that putt if he's in the same pairing as Tiger Woods. But with him hearing what's going on, I have no idea what Tiger's actually playing like, just rolling. He's sitting there playing that through, playing that through. <laughs> I have to make this, and maybe if he gets a bogey, we'll go to a playoff. Vintage Tiger mind games. Exactly. Well, but I, so, so you were watching at home? I watched the whole thing. I woke up early, watched the okay. whole, whole so, round of golf. So the, the, you know, when they, when they thought bad weather was coming and they changed the tee times to earlier, that didn't do me any favors. So I actually didn't tune in until Tiger was on 17. Oh, you should have saw 16. (laughs) (laughs) I almost put my head through my TV. I was sitting on my Lazy Boy. After 15 is when he got the two-shot lead, and he just made birdie. I literally looked at my roommate, Connor Morris, and I said, he literally has the eye of the Tiger. This guy knows he's going to win. He stepped up on 16. It was like two pairings after Justin Thomas had a hole-in-one. And everybody went crazy. He stepped up on 16. He took a shot. And, I, you, dude, the smile that came across his face as soon as the club went away. Oh, my God. It looked like the exact same shot as Justin Thomas. It rolled from the top right all the way down the hill just slowly, slowly. It felt like two and a half years. I was lit- I stood up. I started running, moving towards the TV, just like, come on. Connor was, <laughs> Connor was literally like, move, because I was in front of the television by the time the ball was at the hole. 
he was like three or four inches away. My my buddy told me, somebody said or somebody tweeted that uh, th I think if he would have made that shot on sixteen, the world would have just ended right there. <laughs> like, oh my god, because he he would have been like minus sixteen at that point. It would have just been like whole. Well, it, it was funny because I wasn't even watching those last two holes at home, uh, and so I feel like I missed out a little bit on the experience uh, because so I'm watching it on one of the TVs at the gym, but it was cool because. I've never seen that many people gathered around a television. Oh, in a public place or at well, the gym? in the gym before. Because, I don't know, the, the Y's got six or eight TV screens at different channels, whatever. And the one that was tuned to the Masters is on one of the far ends. And, like, the crowd just kept getting a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. And everybody's talking. And, I mean, there, there's no sound on. So yeah. that's why I felt like I missed out a little. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, Callan... My wife is sitting right next to me, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, man, if he, you know, makes this shot, does it, like, this crowd is going to oh, yeah, explode, lose their freaking minds. And there's this one guy standing next to me who was watching, you know, no sound, everybody's in the gym doing whatever, and, like, he's so into it, like, he's biting his thumb, and he had to walk away and couldn't even watch he's the pacing. last, he couldn't even watch the last putt because it was, it was getting to him so bad. I was going to tell you, the pressure was honest <laughs> to God. It was so, like... You could hear, you could have heard a pin drop on the green on a non-hard surface. It was so dead quiet right before it. Not not the last putt that Tiger made, but the putt that would have been like the no doubter that he barely missed. I swear, like there wasn't all the birds shut up. It was just like, and then the the whole place was like that for the majority of the weekend. But once Tiger was on the heels, oh my god, it was so exciting to watch. But do you know who the most the most relieved guy is? That, that security that guard. That security guard. Oh, my God. He's almost took oh my God. Almost <clears throat> went for another Achilles another Achilles tear from a major athlete. Because if Tiger oh. hadn't have won that, man. That wouldn't have been just, why. No, but, I mean, that guy would have been. Oh, yeah, no, that guy would have. He, he, he would have felt guilty for his whole life, you know. and Probably would have been fired. Especially if Tiger had <laughs> lost, like, by like, one stroke or something. Uh, if, no, if, if Tiger just turned around and got injured and was never playing golf again, then there's the big issue. But either way. I think Tiger's back in full oh, force. Yeah. He's already favored to win the PGA Championship by a, he's like eight to one odds. Brooke Koepka is like fourteen to one. So well, it's not just a one turn. I mean, tournament run he's on. He's know, been playing think, well for the last year plus. He the last time he or the first time he won after was the, what the very last tournament of the last season. But but as I was, you know, I think I was telling you earlier and another one of our coworkers when we were talking about this before recording, and I said. Yeah, 11 years, this build-up to this for Tiger has been absolutely crazy. That said, I think he has always believed he could get, get back to winning yeah. another major. But believing it and knowing it And now, doing it at the Masters? Yeah. That's what I, that was the big thing. It's like, oh, if he would have just won the U.S. Open, okay, man, like, Tiger, you're back. But no, like, he all came back, the, he got his fifth green jacket. Maybe not all of it, but I would be willing to bet a vast majority of the pressure is gone. Yeah, no, now he just knows that he's back on top and he can just play golf. But that the, that is what should scare the rest of the PGA field. Well, the biggest thing and I I had this realization earlier. I was talking to my I was talking to my stepdad about it. And I'm like, did you watch this? And I'm like, the, the, I think the reason why I meant so much is like Growing up, for me, like, I I was right in the Tiger Woods, like, sweet spot. Tiger Woods was golf. Yeah, no, no, he was a god among golf. He, like, he didn't just epitomize golf. He was what literally got not just kids, anybody to ever watch golf at that time. I mean, from 1997, I was born in 94. 1997, he won his first Masters, basically. He starts his tear. So when kids start, when I started watching sports, all the way up until 2008, until I'm about, what, 16, 17, when I start getting into golfing, and then it goes, oh, that guy, I, he played yesterday like he was playing in 2005. Wearing red on Sunday means something again. Oh, it, <laughs> I think it always has. But, but that mock turtleneck. It, it's the, back. Oh, man. And he, he looked as good as ever on the golf course. That was the thing. Dude, he, he made a stinger. I think it was on 15. Or no, it might have been 13. He, he took two or three drives way off. He took one off to the right behind some trees. It was the luckiest lie I've ever seen that he got just outside the trees and they had like a nice little narrow fairway for him. And we're sitting there and we're just like, only Tiger Woods could make this shot. He had to go probably 40 yards to the left over water and down. He used like a three hybrid. Just cut it all the way around, put it. I mean, it wasn't the best place on the green, 
but he came out of the wood chips in the woods and put it on the green, and then the other guys were still trying to chip up and get over the water, and they're just like, it's his. My, my other favorite story from uh, Master Sunday was, so after the tournament ends and we left the gym, we went to Moomers for ice cream. And, you know, between scrolling Twitter and watching the tournament and all the people gathering around the TV at the gym, it just felt like, you know, everybody knew what was going on and talking about Tiger and whatever. And so we're sitting there at Moomers eating ice cream, and this guy walks in and immediately starts talking to the lady at the cash register about, oh, Tiger just won. And, uh, you know, he's all excited. And based on her answer, I could tell she had no idea why this was a big deal because she goes, oh, did he? Well, how much did he win by? <laughs> and he's like, just a stroke. Well, if it's one or a hundred, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. Hey, <laughs> she she did a pretty good generalization. No, if she yeah. had no idea what no, was she going was, on. She wasn't wrong, but yeah, you could just tell by the answer or the way that she reacted to this guy. She had no idea this was a big deal no, or the why tiger it was won. a big deal. Did he beat the lion? <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, was, it was funny. I got a call like from my mom like as soon as the Masters was oh. over. My mom's in her 80s. My doesn't follow me. sports really at all and everything like that. And like, but she but she loves Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. She, like the only reason she ever watches golf is for Tiger Woods. And it, it's just like there's a million people like that. My out grandma, there. my grandma called me. And was like, "How do you score golf? I have to know." So when it comes down to the end here, she called like literally in the middle of it. She, she's like, "Oh, I have it on. It's on CBS." Like, okay, good. She's like, "How do you score golf?" I had to try to explain to her between an eagle and a birdie. I'm like, 72 is par. Negative is better. The lower negative 17 is better than negative 16." It was great. No, that's congratulations, Eldrick. You did it. That's so exciting. I can't wait to golf. <laughs> I, I'm buying that card this year. I got some cash. I got mine already. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, it was awesome. It was even just getting to watch those last two holes was a lot of fun. I wish I could have seen the whole final round. You get the RecordEagle.com tour going back every week this this summer. That's what we can just call it. Yeah, RecordEagle.com. We can call. It, why don't we call it the Get Around Tour? We can. We can get around to all different golf that'd, courses. Maybe we. Maybe that'd we make mo- that'd make more sense because Harrison's generally involved. And yeah. If I yeah. make it out, like way back one, in the, way back in the day, we'd have some employees that would go golfing every week. So we, we call do, it the RecordEagle.com tour. So we could, but we could do it the Get Around Tour, and we could broadcast live from eighteen of our favorite golf course every Sunday. I don't think any of that would be appropriate to share with our audible viewers. No, I'd probably have a pretty good buzz. Yeah, usually by 18. Yeah, usually by 18, I am just foul. Yeah. I'm either either frustrated. I'm either frustrated, f***ed up, or just completely out of, just done with golf by that point. I'm rarely happy at the end. Yeah, it's never good. Yeah. Happy to be done. If I shoot under 100, it's it's a very good day. Yes. Yes. Well, believe it or not, we do have other things to talk about in this show. I'm honestly not sure how we're going to fit it all in. Uh, but we're going to talk a little baseball as the season is getting uh, kicked off here. Uh, prep prep baseball, I should say. Well, mostly baseball. And uh, then we've got an interview with Traverse City St. Francis shortstop Keaton Peck and first baseman Tommy Gallagher, who dropped by the Get Around Podcast studio on Monday. We'll run through a quick F tweet of the week, uh, do the Hall of Fame, and at this point, maybe 40-ish minutes away from... Uh, going through it, I have no idea what the trifecta is going to be, but we'll figure it out when we get there, perhaps. Or maybe we'll just skip it. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll know. Maybe we could do your uh, do our favorite golf moment of our own or something. Go tie back to Tiger. I feel like there's a lot of recency bias here. No, I mean. Oh, you mean our own personal? Oh favorite yeah, golf I know. Like, I, have yeah. A, I have. A, I know. I can describe these. Mini, best shot. mini golf count. Yeah. Sure. All right. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, the trifecta is going to be our personal best golf moment and uh, that'll that'll wrap up episode 77 but let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse with our baseball season preview we'll jump first to the big north conference uh, last year trevor city west uh, took that conference over tc central but the trojans beat west in the district championship uh, they were uh, the lone team out of that conference to win a district uh, that being the trojans so you know I guess kind of where are we expecting that to uh, 
to go this year? Are we looking at Central and West as a couple of the top teams in the Big North again? You know that that are going to be battling each other, James. I think so because I mean both of them have. I don't think they lost a, a, much. A, yeah, I mean they well they lost pieces. Yeah. you know they lost good players and everything, but they have a good core back, and you're going to have some new kids coming up that are going to be able to, re- to replace some of that. And the the guys that were sophomores and juniors and playing a lot and doing well last year, are in theory, going to be even better this year as seniors. So, you know, I like what Central and West have coming back. They all have some 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 really good hitters, some good pitching. Coming back. Got and, good arms in the outfield. I think it'll be a good race between those two, and, you know, if somebody else gets in there, all the better. I, I agree. I think they're going to be battling it for, towards the top. Like you said, both got good pitchers coming back. You know, West, West may have lost Ryan Hayes, you know, their big bat. You know, West loses a good pitcher and a good bat in Ryan Hayes, but got Brendan Pierce stepping in there, a very solid pitcher. Got a couple good guys, um, you know, who can step up in the outfield. They have Sam DeKuyper coming back. River Moore in the outfield, and you know Chance Ellsworth. He is one of those guys who I think can be a sneaky good pitcher for West. He was last year. He was a good strikeout guy, and he seems like he pitches a lot of ground balls. Um, from what I saw, kept a lot of stuff in the infield, and that's how they beat West. Chance, Chance, or that's how they beat Central. Chance beat Central one time, and then Sam Schmidt came back in the districts and took down West on the other hand. And that's somebody who Central is going to be having back in Sam Schmidt. That's a lot of speed on the base pass. He got a good bat and a very good arm on the mound. Marty McDonald has already been tearing it up at the plate this year. Um, you really got to like the pitching coming back for both of these yes, teams. Yes, exactly. This year. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Is I think that's the biggest thing. Is it's going to be a good duel there. As I said, they lost, they each lost a couple of bats, a couple of big bats and powerful bats. Uh, but with, with they have solid defense, solid infielders, and that's what I'm saying. If you're talking about having somebody like Sam DeKuyper in the outfield, he's one of the speedier guys, and he's got a cannon on him, so he can he can do those type of things and. I mean, I don't see a reason why they would take a step down because I think that, like James said, they've lost some pieces, but the core guys, I don't think they, they didn't lose a chunk. They lost pieces. They didn't lose a chunk, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like Frankfurt. Where yeah. Frankfurt lost basically everybody who played last year. Exactly. Speaking of Frankfurt, thanks for that, James. The uh, Yeah, the Panthers, I mean, they had a relatively dominant season yet again last year before kind of falling on their face a bit uh, in the – the district playoffs, and uh, then essentially a mass exodus has followed. And uh, I think that's all but certain to leave an opening atop the Northwest Conference this year. And kind of looking back at some of the names and how teams finished out last year, I guess I would say that Kingsley is the favorite probably in that conference. I, I'm I just, think definitely. But I also feel like the Northwest is pretty open. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to make a hot take here just so in case it happens, it doesn't happen like basketball season. Just because Frankfurt lost everything doesn't mean they don't have a shot. <laughs> um they do have all the same athletes. We I mean Blake Miller, Jack Stefanski, some guys, I mean they they're not all, you know, I think their baseball might not be their first sport. But I know Blake Miller told us baseball's probably his first sport. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put Frankfurt all the way down. They haven't had the best start to the season, but like you said, with North, the Northwest being so wide open, I'm sure they can make a run to a, a district final. Yeah, Kingsley had some young guys step up though last year. Uh, Joe Lewis was a freshman last year and won seven games with just barely over a uh, 2.0 ERA. Uh, Devin Hager, Jacob Radke, both big bats in the Stags lineup, and I mean. I don't remember what the score ended up being, but Kingsley had to play St. Francis uh, in the postseason last year, and if I remember correctly, I mean they gave him a they gave him a competitive game. It, it, it was a game for a while. I mean, which is St. Francis hasn't had in districts a whole lot in the last couple of years, or um, all of last season, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are they? What were they? Thirty-four and four last season or something. Um, you know, the other team I think in the in the Northwest it'll be a factor is Onakama. Um, you know, they've got a really good pitcher in Austin Harper. They've got uh, Jonathan Adams um, has been hitting real well here. Yeah, Luke Mottler. Early, early in the season. Yeah, Luke Mottler. I mean, they've got some good athletes, as we've seen from football, from basketball. Um, so I think that they'll be a, a factor up there, too, and can, can give Kingsley a bit of a, a run for their money. And then the Lake Michigan, the Lake Michigan Conference and the aforementioned St. Francis Gladiators, I don't know how many years in a row they've won the LMC, but I feel like it's a few. <laughs> a <laughs> few? That's a lot. To say a the few? least. Uh, they won their district championship. They lost to Gladstone uh, in the regional final, uh, which was a step short, uh, or a couple steps short, rather, of where they were two years ago uh, when they made a run to the finals. 
Sorry, what was that? Red, I was, was going to go look up Lake St. Michigan. Francis won finals two years ago? Yes. Oh, okay. So the Gladiators are looking to get back to that plateau uh, and play for a state championship. They definitely uh, lost some key pieces from last year. A lot. See, not they so, lost the chunk. Yeah, not so much the Central and West uh, variety of, of bits and pieces, but, yeah, as Jake said, a chunk. Um you know, between Joey Muzlakovich, who was our player of the year two years ago uh, as a junior, uh, Gabe Callery on the base paths, and others. The Peterson brothers, Cooper and Casey. Uh, however, you can't sell them short. as we've seen, I mean, St. Francis, if you're going to bet on any one team to reload, you know, they're the team that does it year in and year out, and they still have a lot of good pieces left. Uh, Colin Endress... Nathan Schmuckle, and the two guys we're bringing in here today, and Keaton Peck and Tommy Gallagher. You can't forget about Danny Passano. Yeah, of course not. I mean, obviously a, a heck of an athlete and speedy guy, plays outfield. Say, yeah, as you'll hear in our interview, might even be able to get on the mound every once in a while. So yeah. Ver- versatility mm-hmm. with, uh, with the St. Francis guys is going to be key. And, and I, I guess I would say that, you know, the probably the one team that could – pose a challenge is Boyne City. Yeah, I think be- because of Ethan Hills. I mean, you know, he can he can, can win he, it. You he, can, he can he, win you any one game. He can win you a game. Yeah, just with his arm. Um, I mean, he's one of the best strikeout pitchers around. Um, but I mean, St. Francis has won 5 Lake Michigan Conference titles in a row. <laughs> for good reason and they'll be going for 6 and they're probably the prohibitive favorites to to make it 6. Um, but I just yeah. didn't want to hand out trophies right now, James. That's, you know, <laughs> no, but that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a heck of a pitching matchup when they do meet up between Colin Endress and Ethan Hills. I mean, Endress went nine. We'll have to get that season. one on the schedule for sure. Yeah, and, and, and you know they're gonna be you know they're gonna be putting ace on ace in those games. Uh, at least game one, try and you know knock your opponent down a little bit in a doubleheader. But uh, man, I, that's something I'd be excited to watch. Mm-hmm. And we really don't have the time to break down every other conference that we cover because there are several more uh but you know just one other team that we would be remiss to mention and that's Gaylord St. Mary uh who's gone to the semifinals now back-to-back years was it back-to-back or back-to-back-to-back back-to-back-to-back that's three in a row three in a row yeah so now so they're looking for four straight trips to East Lansing which that's unheard of that's incredible I mean they don't they haven't brought the trophy home yet uh but to get to that point three years in a row that's a feat, and they have everybody back. They lost like, one yeah. senior. Well, one. No, they, they lost two. They lost okay, two yeah, seniors. Two, one yeah. regular uh, contributing senior in Drew Long. Thank yeah. you. I always confused him and Drew Koenig uh, when they were on the same team, so now I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's just Drew Koenig. Just one Drew. I bet um, there's another one on the team somewhere. But he, yeah, Drew Koenig pitches and catches, 363 average last year, 35 ribbies. Brady Hunter's back, Quinn Schultz is back. And, I mean, there's not really any reason not to think that they can get back to, to East Lansing. Yeah, and Mogenberg and Kashelniak and, and, you know, any number of other guys that they have back. I mean, they literally have everybody back but one. Yeah, and, and all these guys have been playing on varsity the last two years or three years, they were all young kids coming up. They all have been in the semifinals at least twice. You have to think about that. Almost everybody on this varsity team has been in the semifinals at least yeah. twice. Yeah. All they know is the semifinals. Yeah. So definitely the Snowbirds ones to keep your eyes on. Real quick, five other players to watch, not on the teams that we listed just now. You've got uh, pitcher Jake Riggs out of Brethren. Uh, he struck out 112, won eight and one last year with a 1.18 ERA. Chase Ingersoll, an infielder out of Forest Area, he hit better than 500 last year and stole 27 bases. Uh, Tanner Schimmel from Johannesburg Lewiston, he hit 4.38. He's a shortstop. Infielder Alex Netsley from Cadillac, we didn't actually have his stats handy, uh, but he's uh, back for his senior year. And then a pitcher from Onekama, James uh, mentioned. Uh, the Portagers, Austin Harper, he threw 39 innings last year, went 6-2, and two, and Jonathan Adams hit 415 uh, for Onekama. So those are just some names to keep your eye on as we move forward. Possible members of the Kid Run Hall of Fame. Maybe. And Dream Team. Yeah. 
Well, that pulse brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. And with that, let's go ahead and give our let's go ahead and give a listen to our interview with Traverse City St. Francis's Keaton Peck and Tommy Gallagher. I'm pleased to welcome into the Get Around Podcast Studio for episode 77, Traverse City St. Francis Baseball's Tommy Gallagher and Keaton Peck. Looks like you guys just came from practice. Appreciate you guys dropping in. Yeah, yes, sir. Sure. All right, so season has kind of just gotten underway. Mother Nature was maybe a little unfriendly the last couple of days, but as a whole, it seems like this year's off to a much better start all the way around than last year. What's the vibe right now in the early portion of the season for you guys? I'll let you start, Tommy. Okay. Um, we're just trying to do our best with what Mother Nature gives us right now. I mean, we've been traveling downstate for the past couple weekends because weather's a lot better down there. Playing good competition down there, but every time we're in the gym or out on the field, we just make the most of the time we have, even though it might not be what we want right now, being on the field for two hours a night or something. But we do the best with what we have right now. So, How much do you guys become amateur meteorologists uh, during the <laughs> spring? Or do you just leave that to the coaches for them to look at the weather and you just do what they say? Um... We pretty much look at the weather every day, so yeah, every morning. So, yeah. what are your odds are that you guys get the TC Central games on Thursday? It's not looking too good. Yeah. I don't think. So. I don't know. Coach Peterson was pretty optimistic today, so yeah. No, well, I heard. I yeah, I heard. Uh, one sounds kind of good. You you don't sound so optimistic. Those are probably not games you want to miss when you get right. to go up against another Trevor City school. I'm guessing. Yeah, those, right? are, those are a lot of fun. So we look forward to those. Revisit uh, last year real quick. Uh, you guys win the Lake Michigan Conference a year ago. Uh, you win the district, uh, but fall short in the regional championship game. Has that been a big driving force in the off season, or have you forgotten about that and moved pl- moved past Gladstone? Or what's the? We definitely haven't forgotten about it. Still in the back of our minds, we want to get some payback right there. But we got a new team this year. We lost a few guys. We lost. Joey and Casey and Cooper, and Matt Westman, Aaron Simon. So those were big losses, but we're looking for new people to fill those shoes. How big of a difference does that make as far as the feeling within the team, the, the chemistry, or, or how do you rediscover the chemistry that you guys have had the last couple of years? Yeah, we've had a good core group of guys that have been up on varsity since freshman, sophomore year. So kind of know how things how things roll up there and, we got good good chemistry because we've all been playing together since we were little kids, whether it be Pop Warner football, Little League baseball. We all know each other very well, so it kind of helps. We might even have more chemistry this year, honestly. Because? Because, um, I mean, our, our whole team's filled with seniors, and we all have been playing together for a while, so. Yeah, we're really close group, group of seniors out there, good seven or eight of us, so. So to this point, I mean, obviously you guys would like to cap a senior year with a state championship, but to this point, when you look at all the levels of youth baseball that you've played together in, like what's the, what's the biggest achievement that you guys have had so far to this point? I got two of them. It's either beating Gaylord in districts on my 11-12 Little League All-Stars. That was pretty sweet going to states. But sophomore year, making it to East Lansing was something I'll never forget. Yeah. How much do you guys look back on a trip like that and kind of fuel a run? I mean, you guys have been in certain situations, but getting all the way down to the Final Four in, in any sport, um, you know, really makes a difference. What, what is it like on, on the f- when you project that into the future and say, hey, team, younger guys, this is where we need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, since then, we've always had a lot of confidence getting back there, and uh, – we, we strive for that goal every single year, and last year we came up short, but this year we're really trying. How much do you have Gladstone circled on the calendar? Do you, do you want to get them again in regionals uh, this year, or do you not care, or, or is it you, like you really want, it, you want, you want these guys again? I'd like another shot at them. I mean, I know we can beat them. We left a lot of guys on base that game, made a few mistakes that they capitalized on, but it's not like we're gunning for them, but we definitely would like to play them again. Yeah, because you guys had, like, I can't remember, you had, like, 12 or 14 hits in that game. Yeah, I think we left, like, 20, 20-some people on base that Something, game. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Every, every inning you were getting guys, like, on first and second, and then just 
couldn't push anybody across. Yeah. Now, the difference from last year's team into this year's team, what do you guys think is the biggest difference? Do you think it's, you know, I know you guys lost some bats in the lineup and a couple of really good defenders, but with you guys having that whole senior class, do you think it's your, your defense is going to set you apart? Do you think you got some better bats in the lineup, or, or is it just the gel? I don't know. The gel is kind of there, but... We lost some pretty good pitchers. Yeah, so. but having more kids like Peyton Klump and Tyler Pritchard and kids like that, that can step up into those roles and we can see what they can do. They've done a great job this year. and So it's nice and good seeing them capitalize on their opportunities that they get. Did you guys have the same superstitions that you had last the last couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Remind me, James, what were we <laughs> uh, Well, the gun, yeah. the, the, the fake gun that you have in the dugout. we got to get that bag. The... Mitch Westman took that. He still has it. He's playing lacrosse this year, so we got to get that bag. That might be a little mojo we got to get back. Yeah. And then what was it? Before the, before the Gladstone game, you guys built like a – a sculpture out in the field out of bats yeah. or something like that. And, and Coach Pasto told you to take it down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's bad luck. Yeah, we call, it, we call that hot bats. We put them in the sun, get them juiced up for the game. So mm-hmm. it's like solar-powered bats. So do you give Coach Pasto the crap that that loss was on him because he, uh, he made you guys take your, he made you take your guys' uh, statue down, we haven't ruin the mojo? <laughs> So if it happens again, we might have to. Yeah. Play. <laughs> when you go over two, then there's yeah, then, then something's up. <laughs> but it had been working until that point. And then you made him take no, it down, it and then they lost. Yeah. So that's not the only the time he made you take it down, right? Right. No. <laughs> no. That's the only time you saw him say something. Yeah. In the heat of the moment, I'm sure. Hey, stop messing around, boys. Yeah. Look where we are. But now. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It might just it Maybe. might just work better. So what are the other superstitions you guys have other than those couple things? Got a little our little uh, radar gun we made out of mm-hmm. water bottles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh it's always on sixty eight, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And then we flip it around when we're pitching, so it's like eighty six. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh rally caps is always a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do you guys do the inside out rally caps or the shark fins? A little bit of both. I had a shark fin on down in East Lansing. Okay. Gabe yeah. Calorie took my hat and <laughs> made a little shark fin, put it back on my head. So. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of uh, the rally jerseys when you turn your jersey inside out of the mat? I don't know how well that would go. Right, right. Yeah. I don't even know if that would go over well with the umpires. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, true. So I know, I know some of those uh, fun things have been around for a while. Other teams have done similar things, but I mean – some of the newer ones, who comes up with those, or who decided to go lay the bats in the grass, or because I feel like you got you got to have a jokester, or a, a somebody who thinks they're pretty clever to to get that started <laughs> yeah. and get the whole team involved. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much our class, though. Our <laughs> yeah, that's how we class are the jokesters. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it was Calorie that started the gun thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. gave one of that sniper bad. <laughs> so if if the whole class is jokesters, do your teachers like you, or do they or they can't wait to see you leave? Uh, That's where freshman, it is. freshman year was rough. We thought we owned the place, but now everyone says we've kind of turned it around a little bit, come become more mature. But freshman, it, freshman year was rough. Is it usually flip flops where you come in and you're like, this place is not mine, and by senior year you think you own the place? <laughs> yeah. Or have you guys yeah, just given have you guys just given up all hope? Us was just totally. Reverse. They've just given up all hope with the senior class. <laughs> Thank God it's spring season, right? <laughs> no. so did, did you guys actually mature, or did you just get better at not doing stupid stuff in front of the teachers? Maybe a little yeah. bit of both. Yeah. yeah. I think keyword was in front of. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, you guys said you've been heading downstate over the last few weeks. This happens all the time. Um, the the trips that you guys will be taking to games are going to be getting shorter and shorter. Um, but, you know, you're used to these long drives. What is it like on the bus for you guys uh, before games, and especially when you know you got a long ride ahead of you, um, especially if you're a bunch of jokesters? Well, we, uh, we usually take a van, so... <laughs> yeah, um, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we only get a bus for conference games. So we take we all pile in Colin Andrews' 12-person... He's got a 12-person van, and we all get in there. Coach Peterson drives us. We <laughs> bump to some music, but... We have this thing once we get close, like city limits area, it's all business. It's all like business. football, all, all business. business yeah. so. But it's a good time. It's good bonding. Oh, it's got to be tight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're we have, bags. We got, we got three people in the back row, three in the middle, three in the front row, and then Coach Peterson and then his co-pilot up there. So we got 11 guys in there. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not too fun on the way back when everyone stinks, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's mostly me, though. Uh, well, if you're the culprit, you can't complain. <laughs> yeah. So how, how would you guys grade the early returns of these 
long trips or, or judge where you're at at this point in the season? Mm, right now, we made made some mistakes down in cold water, but that's I know we'll get better. It was just lack of practice, lack of outdoor time. Mm, we cleaned that up in Holland a little bit. Yeah, but we're definitely striving for bigger things. I think we made, six, did you say 16 errors so far? Yeah. I think we made like 34 last year altogether, so that's something that we've focused on a lot since then. Got to cut down on it. Yeah. It has to make a difference not getting balls off of a gym floor and actually mm-hmm. getting them oh, yeah. in the dirt. I mean, how how much is that transition tough for baseball players? You know, especially when you come out of your winter sports, you're not really in the whole groove of being outside or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of you're used to it, and then you go, wait a second, it's completely different. So what's what's the transition like when you got to get to the outside, especially when the conditions like we set up here? I'm sure you got to take care of the fields when they're all soaking wet. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still getting bad ground balls with mud and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, how 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 do you deal with that and still continue to get better? Uh, it's pretty, it's it's not easy, but uh, you just kind of have to go with it and read the ball well and learn from your mistakes that you've made. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad you brought up the cold water tournament, Tommy, because I wanted to ask about that. Have you had to play a game that late at night before? Because there was what, there was an extra inning game before your game. Yeah, and we, your game goes to extras and you played till like midnight or something. No, that right? was we or no. We no? played the first game we played, we that was a rough one. We lost that one. Then we that was just six innings, right? Yeah. And then the second game went into nine. We ended up beating Fremont, Indiana what, six to five? Mm-hmm. And then so we were one and one at that point. We were just in third place consolation oh, okay. game. You, so, guys, you guys played the extra innings game that pushed the title that game pushed really late. We- that pushed West night. back. That's I don't think was. West got off the field until 1230 because we were in the consolation game before that, and we won that one, but it lasted till about 839 o'clock, so West didn't get on the field till 930, 945. They were supposed to start at like 7 or something. Yeah, our game was supposed that's, to be at like 430. That's 4 brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long day to say the least. <laughs> That's, that's another one. I, I you know just this past weekend I saw a few softball teams, few baseball teams playing three games in a day. Yeah. Um, that that's a different uh, different aspect, especially when you go into you know you guys losing so much in pitching. Um, you know having to kind of rotate guys in. You know who maybe in, in the third game you can't pitch six innings. There's not a guy who really can make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you deal with that type of stuff? Because double headers guys are used to. Triple headers are a bit different. Yeah, it was definitely different, but. We've got a lot of good pitching this year that we can filter through. We've got Josh Bradfield, uh, Colin Endress, Tyler Pritchard. Keaton can pitch, too. Um, <laughs> I, I threw against Benzie for the first time. I'm like, oh, this is different. Uh, yeah, Luke Kleinricher, Corbin Dahmers. He's a sophomore. He's been playing off with us. He's been doing good. Even so. Danny Key if we need him. Yeah. <laughs> Really, Dan? Dan is throwing. Oh, Dan, yeah. Dan threw last year. I think me and Dan got the bit. Harbor Springs doubleheader last year. <laughs> so Keaton, you're usually playing short, right? But yep. you you close games. Yep, once in a while. So how? Once in a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, how'd you how'd you find yourself in that role, and what do you like or not like about being a closer? Um, I like it. Uh, I really like the shortstop position, so I'd rather stay there. But once it's my time to close the game, then I'm always looking forward for that. So. How similar of a mindset is that to, you know, when you're taking deep three-pointers in the playoffs uh, <laughs> um, late in the fourth quarter? Sometimes you got to be clutch, but uh, uh, just go on the mound and close out the game. I mean, got to be clutch in that uh, point. So. And he always is. <laughs> Most of the time. Well, you, you said you've been on the mound too, but even from the batter's box, how much do you guys look at a pitcher and batter duel as a, as a mano e mano, or, or how often do you look at a guy and say, you know, I can I can hit you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or when you're on the mound, it's like, I am, you're not going to hit, you know, I, I'm going to dominate you. How often do you look at that mano e mano more than any other sport with football or basketball sometimes? It's definitely something you got to have in the back of your mind, especially at the plate. It's like mm-hmm. the mindset you have in the plate is – I can hit this kid, I'm going to hit this kid, and then you hit the kid. So, <laughs> The previous batter, uh, the, with the on-deck batter and the previous batter, we're always asking, what you see, how's this curveball, stuff like that. So that helps That helps a lot. So where did the uh, the get him a chair uh, <laughs> that started, did come from? Oh, man, was that freshman year? I think so, that was yeah. freshman year. Joker class, I'm telling Sacred you. Sacred Heart, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's just the... 
<laughs> give him a chair back to the bench after you strike him out, really. <laughs> so you guys yell that a lot during during games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you cut. save it for two strikes, usually. Yeah. But yeah. That it's definitely like, one of our things. That seems to be one of your... Uh, yep. Your guys go tos. Yep. Yeah, we were we were yelling that in the field in cold water and Coach Bass got out. Shut that down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. To be honest, I can I'm I'm flashing back to some of the things that we used to say on the bench and I, I, there was this kid who literally used to scream meat sandwich. <laughs> just literally if you hit the ball that's all he would say it's just meat sandwich <laughs> and then it got to the point where he would scream meat and then we would all scream sandwich oh my god <laughs> don't know where it came from you, yeah you definitely just pick thing, random things up throughout the season <laughs> yeah. I mean when you're playing 40 games a year you kind of gotta find your own fun but so wh- you mentioned Coach Pass now what is he like how how much does it take for you guys to get under his skin a little bit I love Coach P mm-hmm. I've had him ever since I was 10 years old in Little League and then coached me at D-line through football. So he's he's a great guy. I love him as a coach. But you definitely know when to when to have your fun and then when to get things serious. Yeah. So, yeah. I love him, though. He's a great coach. Have you gotten him to come after you, Keaton? <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. I remember last year at Central, uh, I think I got picked off twice by Sam Schmidt. And- <laughs> He was not having it. He got after me quite a bit for that. For that so. Well, at least that was for an in-game mistake and not some out-game hooligan. Yeah, right? true. Yeah. <laughs> Before we jump to the Freaky Fast Five, our nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's, I did just kind of want to ask you guys, I mean, you both play other sports. Uh, St. Francis, obviously, pretty uh, solid across the board season to season. So do you carry motivation with you from other sports, say, when – Keaton basketball didn't end the way you guys wanted mm-hmm. into baseball, or is, are each of those three seasons completely separate and independent from one another? I like to carry the motivation over, especially when you don't end the way you wanted to. So, like, not ending the way we wanted to for basketball really gets you going and wanting to get that state title for baseball or making a deep run. How yeah. about you? Are you still holding on to football a little bit? A little bit. I mean, I had that injury week nine, so I didn't get to finish out my senior year in football, so that was definitely something that I worked towards in the offseason, getting ready for baseball and bringing all my motivation and built-up energy and anger I had in football over baseball this season. So. Now, does that do the same thing? Because, you, I mean, you guys have played against the same guys for the last four years, you know, um, especially with being up on varsity, like you said, for four years, at least with baseball, with a lot of you guys. How much do you carry over, you know, competition between sports just with individuals? Like you said, Sam Schmidt picking you off twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, how much do you carry that in between football, you know, if, if you're if you're covering him or, you know, on basketball or if you get all the way out into baseball, how much do you carry that part over? Um, not too much. We kind of joke around about it quite a bit. Yeah. But. You definitely notice guys, like say a guy you were, say there was a nose I was up against in football or a linebacker, I'd definitely notice him, but mm-hmm. nothing like that, no. So you mentioned that pent-up energy in coming back from the injury and getting back to playing again. Uh, does that make it a little bit more challenging, at least early on, to not be like looking to just hit the cover off the ball a little or bit, yeah. I can mash no- to the outfield yeah. fence? <laughs> I can notice it my first few at-bats. I just trying a little too hard, but tone it down a little bit. <laughs> So, so is Sam able to pick you off a couple of times because he got some scouting report from his dad? I think so. I think that's, his dad that's what it was. Like one of your yep. coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, when, so when, when Keaton's hair blows in the wind, he's one step too far from the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hair got in the way. <laughs> All right, ready for the Freaky Fast Five? Yeah, so for those listening for the first time, Freaky Fast Five is just five kind of random rapid-fire questions for the guys here today. <laughs> And uh, I haven't seen him. I, James doesn't know what Jake's going to ask. So oh, boy. <laughs> you guys are going to be under fire here in a second. Go ahead, Jake. The first one's probably the hardest, but baseball peers versus not. Um, what do you think about the new rule changes to try and speed up MLB games? Do you think they should say, screw it, it's a baseball game, it should be how it is, or do you think they should try and uh, change it how they are? A little bit of both. Some games can get really lengthy, and some, some can be short. Uh, depends what they're trying to change like mound visits and stuff i think you got to have that because you always got to cool the pitcher down and mm-hmm. get the get the infield together but other than that i think they should keep it as it is yeah i'm a pretty conservative guy i want to keep it like it is keep the game like it is don't try and change too much mm-hmm. that's a, I, 
don't think it's that bad. If you want to watch a baseball game, watch a baseball yeah, game. Really. Yeah, really. And it's, I, I realized that when I was thinking about this question earlier, I think it's the only sport that isn't actually dominated by the television schedule. Yeah. You know, with basketball, you have under four minutes. Even with football, you have under 12s, everything like that. Mm. In baseball, if that inning goes 45 minutes, they're not no They're worries. not going to commercial. They're going to wait until it's over with. So it's the only thing that's not dominated. I think that's why people might have an issue with it. But I don't want no more commercials than I need. I know, yeah. So, okay, number <laughs> two. Unless it's the Super Bowl. Those are good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Now, um, wood bats or aluminum bats? I'm sure you guys have competed with both. Yeah. Um, I like the sound of a wood oh, yeah. 100 times better. Once you get... Once you barrel up a good ball with your wood bat, nothing sounds better than that, but... Get a little bit more pop with the aluminum. Yeah, BB core aluminum bats definitely carry the ball for Yeah, the BB core was out of out of my uh, generation. It was right after <laughs> when they started putting them in. Um, but you guys ever broken a wood bat? I have. I've, yeah. I've broken two aluminum bats, actually. Aluminum bats, too. <laughs> okay. Are you hitting poles? Or? Too much weight room, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that pent-up anger and aggression really yeah. is carrying <laughs> over. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, this is a popular one on the bench. Big League Chew or Sunflower Seeds? Mm. Big League Chew. Sour Apple. Oh, yeah. That was my next question. Best flavors. I'm going with barbecue big sunflower seeds okay bigs do have the best flavors but the taco supreme oh the, you gotta try are they good ones. they are good yeah, we picked better. we picked a couple bags up at the gas station on the way to cold water like it. i don't know how i feel about these but they're good they're oh, good. yeah they're okay good. okay they're literally i was thinking about that <laughs> me, me and him are talking about buying a five gallon bucket for the office Heck just yeah. to keep here and, mm-hmm. and chew on all right yeah all right so now i gotta ask this because we added in how much money would it take for you to shave your head as bald as brett summers <laughs> Both of you, not just for Keaton. <laughs> Harder question for Keaton. Keaton's got better hair than me, though. Um, wouldn't be too much for me. I used to have a good buzz back in the day. I I take I take fifty bucks. I take right, fifty bucks. Good. Wow. I um, take. He's like, no way. I don't know if I could do it. I, I mean, it would grow back. Yeah. yeah, but it's not the same when you money doesn't it. grow on trees. Hair grows on your head. <laughs> Very true. But, Unless uh, you're bred, of course. <laughs> I, I know, grow. I know it would. I'm just making fun of you. I know. <laughs> I don't know. We, we need a numeral here. A lot of money. Um, a lot of money. Your friends need to know how much to fundraise so you'll shave your head. Let's I say, probably should have put it up a little higher if they're going to Yeah, go fund me. Yeah, you got to make it high. Um, I'll say five grand. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> got to keep that flow going. God, that, that is flow's expen- worth a lot. That's an expensive <laughs> flow. Alrighty. Um, so we're talking about you guys having this mentality of the plate, but one pitcher in the major leagues that you would be deathly afraid of facing. You can you can take the first one. Oh man, um, it's probably two of them. Can I do two? Yeah, yeah. If you got a list of five, we'll take uh, them. <laughs> King Felix, Felix Hernandez. Okay. Pretty scary guy, and then gotta go with the Rollers Chapman. That fast. It's pumping one hundred and five at you, I would not want. Anything to do with that. Right at your jaw. What about yeah. you, Keaton? I got Chapman on that one and Verlander. Verlander? Yeah. Already Dickie, too. His knuckleball's pretty oh. dirty. <sighs> knuckleball would be tough, too. Make you look silly. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. I, I, I'm still a Max Scherzer guy. I think it's just because I think he tries to eat your soul when he's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's pitching. He's just looking in the eyes like, you're mine. Yeah. It's those, those, those two different, different colors. colors. Yeah, 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 it's literally. That's it's like your soul <laughs> swirling in and out, in <laughs> one out, out the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we've had the two of color eye thing come up. A couple Heterochromia, times, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Hannah Shramsky has two yeah, of color right. eyes yeah. too, and she was on here for the ski team. Mm-hmm. All right, that wraps up this uh, freaky fast five, as well as our sit down with Traverse City St. Francis's Tommy Gallagher and Keaton Peck. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Hope you hope you had fun. Yeah, Thank you guys. Sure. Yep. Another big thank you to Traverse City St. Francis shortstop Keaton Peck and first baseman Tommy Gallagher for joining episode 77 of the Get Around Podcast. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Enjoy a tasty sandwich today and order with the Jimmy John's app. Ath Tweet of the Week. First time we're not going local here, guys. Uh, I mean, it's kind of local, but kind of not. Hyper local. I mean, I'll be honest. The the players they really let us down on Twitter this week. You didn't bring the heat. They didn't. They didn't give us any gold to work with. Well, I kind of let us down. I got a cold over the weekend, so I was kind of. <laughs> you should have been. I was couch bound and didn't. Uh, that should have been the perfect opportunity to that, scroll Twitter. Yeah, you were not scrolling Twitter while you were couch bound. No, I was more playing like wordscapes and watching the Masters. Fair enough. <laughs> so maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was James. 
No, say I, lovey. You, y'all didn't bring the heat. I didn't see nothing I liked either. They can always tag us in something they think is good. If they want to get on it's the tweet of the week. At TCRE Sports or any one of us, I'm BA Sports Writer at James Cook 14 and at Jake Atnip. And you just hashtag the get around. But we do have a little bit of a local angle uh, just because he formerly played for the Lions, and that's what we're going to go with here. Uh, but it, it was a quick favorite. It, it rose to the top. Go ahead, James. And it brings us back to the Tiger Woods discussion, too. It's true. Which is Dan Orlowski saying the last time Tiger Woods won a major. I was fresh off running out of an end zone. It's been a long 10-plus years, folks. <laughs> anybody anybody too young to understand that reference? That's too bad because it's a good one. <laughs> that was 0 16. That a was a great bad, moment in Lions history. That was, yeah, that was, that was a bad year. Bad yeah, he's moment. quickly becoming one of the best analysts uh, out there right now. Yeah. And to his credit, I mean, maybe, maybe he has Analyze to Analyze that. Maybe he has to be self-deprecating, but... Uh, I, I appreciate it from him in either case. <laughs> Get around Hall of Fame. Dominated by our fine female athletes this week. Uh, three girls, two softball players, one soccer player up for this week's honor uh, induction into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. I think we all kind of had somebody uh, who jumped right to the top for us this week. So uh, let's hear about them. Jake, who do you got? Well, actually, if you listen to our last week's episode, I believe it was mentioned that we thought that, that she probably should have gotten into the Hall of Fame many times during the winter season. But uh, Paige Kohler from North Bay. Soccer. She had five goals in a Saturday tournament, uh, leading them to a 2-1 and one record. Uh, but five goals, one day, that's, that's, a, that's a day for you. That is a good day. And you said, right, maybe you just said this and I wasn't paying attention, but Hat trick in one. Yeah, hat trick. In, they had hat trick in the first game, two goal, a goal in each of the other ones. So a hat trick in a seven to one win, and then a goal in a four to two loss and a four to one win. Kept that offense humming even when the team wasn't necessarily having its best game. I'm going to put forth Traverse City West softball's Brittany Stimel. She actually had a perfect game last week, albeit a, a three inning perfect game. Uh, but Saturday uh, at a tournament, she raked at the plate and had a great start. She was six for eight, four ribbies, three runs scored, and a stolen base. And in her pitching performance from the circle, she had a complete game, seven innings, only allowed two hits, and struck out five. James? Yeah, I've got Lark Jankowitz from Kingsley. Uh, in, the, in their softball sweep of Pine River last week, she went in the first game, she was three for three with three RBIs and a pair of doubles. In the second game, she was three for three again, two more RBIs. Two more doubles. So I six, love the symmetry. Six for six, four doubles. I love the symmetry. Five RBI. But I'm still going to vote for my candidate. Jake, who are you voting for? Or maybe I should let James go first so that you break a potential tie. Who are you going to vote for, James? You going to vote for yours? Sure. All right. Take Lark. I'm actually going to. I'm. I'm going to take Lark. It's, it's almost, only because she has like the your most favorite. I like Lark you, you have only your I do like the name. The most favorite name <laughs> but, in our entire coverage area. But six for six, perfect day. That's raking at the plate. Yeah. Four doubles. I, th- when Jake has children someday, he's gonna <laughs> name his daughter Lark. Possibly, I just feel like it'd be a good movie name character. Like it, it would. Like I feel like that's somebody who'd meet in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Maybe the mm-hmm. new one. Maybe. Lark Jankowitz. Master Lark Jankowitz. <laughs> Master Jedi. Uh, Anyways. I mean, I know Steimel made two outs on offense, but she did throw a complete game two-hitter. Yes. But trust me, we're going to see a couple no-hitters from Steimel this year. I think you're probably right. All right, congratulations, Lark Jankowitz. You are the latest inductee and the second of the spring season into the Get Around Hall of Fame. You are part of the most exclusive club in northern Michigan and that Hall of Fame class brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. They spend much time every day. A lot of time. Making your sandwich. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fresh, Jimmy John's Freaky. Do you my, think it matters if I read it exactly as they sent it to well, us? Well, you know, but the thing is, is they take a lot of time preparing your sandwich. I just got really sick and tired of digging up that sheet to make sure I got it right. And you I know just, exactly what it says by now. Yeah, but I, that's... They spend 60 minutes every day cutting and slicing fresh bread to make you a 60-second sandwich. Well, thanks, Jake. I'll let you do that one next Jimmy time. Jimmy John's. Freaky Fresh, Freaky. Yeah. Well, now they can't be mad because they just got two ads for the price of one, so it's all good. <laughs> 
We still have to get through the trifecta. Favorite personal golf moment. Probably no one cares outside of this room, but Jake, I know you were like ready to explode about whatever oh, I just, moment I, you were going to talk about. I just there, there's it's the 14th hole at uh, College Fields in Lansing. It's my favorite hole of golf. It's a par four, about I think it's usually about 280 to 295 is the yardage, uh, par four. And there's been several times, but the one time I remember, I'll just go here. Perfect drive. It's got three bunkers on the back end. It, it, bend, it bends a little bit to the right, like a big long, uh, almost like a big long L, but it's not too big of a dog leg. No trees on the right hand side, so you can't hit it. There's three bunkers that line the back wall, and the greens on the right. And I swear, just I ripped a drive, full, almost a full 300. I went over the hole, made, but I was over the hole by about six feet. Was on in one. I ended up only getting a birdie. I was really hoping for the eagle. I was wishing nobody else was around so I could just card an eagle, but it didn't happen. Uh, I missed the putt, made my, but that was, that was like my first birdie, like maybe ever. Uh, but it was, I don't have many of those. Uh, that was maybe two, but a birdie, maybe on, three, the, bir- the birdie on the par four is why, like I've had birdies on par threes. I've had birdies on par fives. The birdie on a par four is usually pretty tough. Um, I was so proud. I did a tiger fist pump on a birdie putt, but it was only two feet or whatever. Cause I didn't even get it within inches. Did I you hug your son? <laughs> I hugged my golf bag and grabbed a beer. <laughs> uh, James? Well, last summer I was playing in the uh, in Tim Wooter's golf tournament. Tackling uh, for the TS. The Tackling TS uh, golf tournament. And uh, I managed to sink a 60-foot putt for, which I think gave our team, we were playing a scramble, I think gave us a birdie, or at least saved par or something like that. But I will, I will also put an asterisk on that by also saying that I think like two holes later I hit a cart in the other fairway. <laughs> so, so it was luck. It was a luck. Well, it was... Uh, you just put it towards the hole, I can, right? I can, I can putt well on occasion. Not 60 feet. But... One time I, one time I hit a, a no-look putt in the dark. At, we were on 18. The sun was going down. It was like, oh, you don't think I can do this? Here. 10 feet. Drain it. I'm like, Why? God's name. Do I make that putt? But if I sat there for 15 minutes and lined it up, it's over. But you're going, na 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 You have to. Right. I, I mean, I really don't have that many great uh, <laughs> golf shots. Honestly, the only one that's really popping into my head, and I might be embellishing it without even knowing it, uh, but last summer when I did the story with Annika and Ansi D, and really this is what makes it a good shot because they were there and they said it was a good shot well no it just no god the the last hole didn't go that far the the last hole that i golfed with them i sank a 20-foot putt that was it like that we were done it was the perfect way to finish just to cap it off i've i've made a longer putt than that before but the fact that you know letting them know i I walked off this course the two best golfers in the area witnessed me do that and you know i didn't have to play any further and it you know that was they were still putting. Was the perfect ending. It was fine. It was great. You're not. You're not a. Uh, that, and that's what I'm going to go with because there are so few other great shots to. Re- I can't even remember them. You're not going to pull an Ernie Els at the Masters a couple of years ago and nine putt it from a foot away. God, I don't no. know that I've ever nine putted from a foot. Ernie Els did it at a major championship. Yeah. They didn't pull a Phil Ouch. Nicholson. Oh, where he just picked the ball up and said, "I'm not doing this anymore." Basically. <laughs> <laughs> he hit it again. Yeah. Oh. Before it stopped moving. Oh no, I didn't see that one. Oh, no. last year. They'll get you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's no. They're, 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 you can double tap a ball now. They're probably not on the green, but with a club, if you swing and the ball hits the c- club twice, it's no longer an extra stroke. Yeah. Who muffed their drive in the in the Masters? It wasn't a muff, they, and they didn't they didn't penalize him. They a didn't. Stroke no, I know he got to re- hit it because it was a practice swing. Yeah. And it was clearly a practice swing. But it was, was still funny. Yeah. Anyways. Well, that wraps up episode. Oh no, it doesn't. No, we got. We hold on. We got to get you fed. We got to get you fed. Almost forgot, and I still have to send out coupons to the last two winners. But I swear they're coming. Uh, but this week's winner, after interacting with last week's episode of the Get Around Podcast, Jake's gonna get you fed this week. Kellyanne Matthews, thank you for interacting with the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. All of our wonderful Audible viewers out there, we hope you enjoy the show. Let us know what you think of this week's episode. Let us know who you think has the best chance to get to the state finals in baseball this year. I think next week we're going to do our softball uh, season look ahead as there's probably still going to be snow on the ground. Yeah, and if you guys have any good Tiger Woods gifts, 
yeah. send them to me because I found a really good one. It's like an Animorphs where he like yeah, <laughs> changes com- into a tiger. It's perfect. Comment uh, on our tweet of this podcast or on Facebook with your favorite Tiger Woods GIF or GIF, whichever you prefer. This has been episode 77 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks and have a good one.